the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Judges. Unlike all the other judges, Samson never fought a war with an army. Othniel did, Ehud did, Deborah did, Gideon did, Jephthah did. Samson never gathered the army of Israel and went out to war like all the other judges. Perhaps that's because Samson's biggest battle was not really with the Philistines. His biggest battle was from within. Samson's biggest battle was Samson. Sin hurts you. You miss out on so much God has for you when you don't keep Him first in your life. He can still move in you and use you like He did with Samson, but it won't be as blessed as it could be if your heart's set on God. Today, Pastor Gary is going to show you the sad ending to Samson's life that he brought on himself because of his sinful decisions. God wants to bless you and move in you, but He wants you to be focused on Him first seeking out what His will is for you and keeping yourself from sin. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Judges, chapter 16, with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. Verse 5, And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his strength lies and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to afflict him. Okay, so this is kind of the proof text why it's believed that Samson was just looking like an ordinary man because they're asking, find out where his great strength lies. He may not have been all that muscular. And it says, and every one of us, Philistine lords, the leaders, every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, Bible scholars believe that the number of the lords of the Philistines, the number of the leaders, were five. So we don't know for sure, but let's just say five. And each of them is going to give her 1,100 pieces of silver, which is a shekel. And so when you convert the weight and the dollar value... 1,100 shekels is about 28 pounds of silver. And you multiply this times five, so now it represents about 140 pounds of silver. So I just looked up today to see, okay, what was silver trading at so we can get like a modern equivalent. So silver today is around $25 an ounce. So this is the equivalent in modern dollars of $56,000. So for $56,000, you're going to sell out this guy. All right. It's not like, you know, the price of a Happy Meal, $56,000, $56,000. But it's not like it's a million dollars. It's 56000 
And so this is what they offer her. We'll give you 56,000 if you find out the secret of his strength and then tell us. And so Delilah said to Samson, verse 6, please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. (laughs) And Samson said to her, well, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Now, this is a lie. This is a lie. This is lie number one. He's going to lie three times. (laughs) Like, there's nothing good about this scene at all. You've just finished sleeping with a prostitute. Now you're moving to a Philistine girl, and you're going to start to lie to her and sleep with her. Okay. So, he tells her this. So, verse 8, so the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now, it doesn't tell us how did she bind him. Was he just like a willing partner? You know, is this like a little funny stuff in the bedroom? I don't know. Just go, Let me tie you up. All right, are you into that? Okay, let's tie, tie me up, babe. You know, so I, it doesn't say he was asleep. Look, some of you are like, did he just say that? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how she tied him up. He had to be willing here. If he's asleep, is she sliding it under? I don't know. It doesn't say here, but she ties him up. It's probably an indication that he's into this. I don't know. Just 50 shades of Gaza. I don't know what's going on here. But anyway, but verse 9 says, Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. And she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he broke the the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secrets of his strength was not known. So I was like, okay. So now, if this happens once to you, Are you going to learn? Not Samson. Next verse. Verse 10, then Delilah said to Samson, Look, you have mocked me. You've mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me what you may be bound with. He's like, you're really into this tying me up thing, aren't you? Okay. So he said to her, Well, if they bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. It's lie number two. This isn't true. Therefore, Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying in wait, staying in the room. But he broke them off his arms like a thread. All right? So, second ruse. All right? Still, verse 13, Delilah said to Samson, Until now. (laughs) Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me. Tell me what you may be bound with. It's like, man, this chick's really into this binding thing. All right. And he said to her, if you weave seven locks of my head into the web of the loom. (laughs) What? Yeah, if you make a rug out of my hair, just hook me up to a loom, babe, and start weaving. Weaving my hair. Now, it's never been cut, so it's got to be pretty long. So you just got to pull it out of the man bun here and put it into the loom. And so it says there, so she wove it tightly with the batten of the loom. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep. Now, this time it does say he was asleep when she did this. And he pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. So it's still attached to his head. (laughs) Look, there is a serious problem when for the third time, 
you have been saying something that is a lie, but on the third time, you've got a daggone loom stuck to your head, and he still doesn't get it. He still doesn't get it. Like, she's, she's up to something here. Still doesn't get it. So, she said to him, verse 15, how can you say I love you? How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? How can you say this? How can you say that this is the third time I've asked you and you have not? Now look, the reality is her heart's not with him. It's her heart that's not with him. She's ready to trade this boy in for $56,000. But that's what she asks. She goes, you have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass, look at this, when she pestered him daily. Every man, look at me right here. Look here. Look right here. Do not look to the left or the right. Look right here. She pestered him daily with her words and pressed him, look, so that his soul was vexed to death. I wanted to die. Now, have you noticed this? This isn't the first time we talked about this. He gets hooked up with women who wear him down like this. I mean, they're just like pleading and crying. And, and so he is just, I'm ready to die. And so verse 17, that he told her all his heart and he said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head. Now listen, he's going to tell her the truth now. No razor has ever come upon my head for I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Okay, now he just told her, you know, look, this is part of his vow, the Nazarite vow, you don't cut your hair. Now, the secret of his strength was not in his hair itself. It's what his hair symbolized. His hair symbolized that he was under a Nazarite vow because he was separate from the world and dedicated to God. The cutting of his hair, which is what number six tells us, was the ending of the Nazarite vow, which then indicates that you are no longer, at least purposefully, separated from the world and dedicated to God. That's why his strength is going to leave him. It's not because there's magic in his hair. It is because what his hair symbolized, that he was dedicated unto God, separated from the world. You cut my hair, the vow's off. And he tells her, this is the secret of my strength. If you cut my hair, I will lose my strength. And so when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. This is what it's about for her. And then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. And then she began to torment him, to tease him, and his strength left him. So this is a very tragic story here. By the way, I don't know if you know that Samson wrote a song about Delilah. It goes like this. It goes like this. Hey there, Delilah, what's it like in Gaza City? I'm a thousand miles away. But girl, you are, yes, so pretty. Yes, you do. Even though I know you're not a Jew. Oh, what you do to me. Oh, you sneaky Philistine. Oh, my love for you is rare. 
Oh, you've cut off all my hair. You've cut off all my hair. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That's a, that's a, no, that's just terrible. That, anyway, so Samson uh, must have written that song. I heard it somewhere. But anyway, now it gets even more tragic here. Take a look, verse 20. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And so he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before. He's thinking I'm going to have the same strength. I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not. This is one of the most tragic verses in all the Bible. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. And then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. I'm going to share with you, before we read the rest of the chapter, if we have time, I'm going to share with you five lessons from Samson's compromised life. Five lessons from Samson's compromised life. The first is this. Number one, little compromises lead to a big fall. Guard the little things. When you look at Samson's life and the decline of his life, it started with the little compromises. You remember when he was on the road to Timnah and he started, he went off the road down into the vineyards. He had no business being in the vineyards. Now, technically, he hadn't violated the Nazarite vow unless he ate of the grapes or anything related to the grapevine. But why is he even there? Why did he leave the road to go into the vineyard? It's a slight compromise, but that's where it all begins. It's in the vineyard then that the lion attacks him. He kills the lion. Now he's around a dead body. Now he's compromising again. And if you remember the story on his way back, he visits the carcass of the lion that he had killed to find that bees had made a hive producing honey and he reaches within the carcass of the lion to pull out something sweet from something that is dead. We talked about that last week. It's a picture of a lot of things. But what it speaks of primarily is one little compromise after another. One little compromise after another. People don't just suddenly fall big. It starts with little incremental things that give place to bigger things because when you think to yourself, this little thing didn't really get me in trouble and that little thing didn't get me into trouble, so it must be okay until you continue down that path and it ends up being a big thing that is very costly. So little compromises lead to a big fall. Guard the little things. I shared about the tragic story of the Columbia air disaster, but there's another one that illustrates this whole thing about how something little can bring about great destruction. It was December the 29th, 1972. It was Eastern Airlines Flight 401. They were on their way from JFK to Miami International Airport. They crashed in the Everglades. 101 people died, including the captain. And why? Because of a $5 light bulb. Now, here's the story. On its approach to Miami International Airport, the pilot dropped the landing gear but a little green light that was supposed to illuminate showing the landing gear was in locked position did not light up. So they weren't sure if the wheels were down. The crash occurred as a result of the entire flight crew becoming preoccupied with the landing indicator light and wondering why it wasn't working and failing to notice 
because they were preoccupied at the light bulb, they failed to notice that the autopilot had inadvertently been disconnected, and as a result, while the flight crew was distracted with the little indicator light, and because the flight was at night, and the Everglades are dark, no one could visibly notice the gradual drop in altitude, and the aircraft crashed in the Florida Everglades. 101 people died, including the captain, and it was later determined that the landing gear was in fact down just the $5 light bulb was burned out. Great destruction over a little tiny thing. That's what compromise can do to us. Number two, compromise eventually makes us oblivious to the obvious. When you look at those three times that Samson lied to Delilah, you have to ask yourself at what point and why didn't he recognize something was up? And she's asking him all these different times, what's the secret of strength? What's the secret of strength? And then he lies, he lies, he lies until he finally tells her the truth. He just became oblivious to the obvious. Because when you're in a constant state of compromise, you're not tuned in. You're not discerning. You're not wise about stuff. You become blind to stuff. You become oblivious to things. This is what happened to him. Number three, compromise depletes us of God's strength. This is what happened here in Samson's life. It tells us in verse 19 that his strength left him. But what is worse is in verse 20, it says the Lord had left him. And the reason his strength left him was because the Lord left him. The Lord was his strength. When his relationship with the Lord suffered, his strength was depleted with it. You know, you see in the Bible at different times how people properly understood the connection between their relationship with the Lord and the strength of their lives. Moses said in Exodus 15, verse 2, the Lord is my strength and my song. David said in Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Habakkuk said in chapter 3, 19, the sovereign Lord is my strength. The sons of Korah in Psalm 46, 1 said, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. If your walk with the Lord suffers, your strength will be depleted. This is what happened with Samson. Number four, compromise blinds us and binds us. Now, this is kind of a play on words that I've written there because of what happened to him when he was captured. They poked out his eyes, he became blind, and they put his feet in fetters. And he became this prisoner. And he was both blind and he was now bound here. We become blind to what is right and wrong, and we become bound to what controls us. He was a bound man. He was blinded by compromise, and he was bound up by sin. Blinded by compromise and bound up by sin. And number five, compromise exposes our biggest battle, the one within. Unlike all the other judges, Samson never fought a war with an army. Othniel did, Ehud did, Deborah did, Gideon did, Jephthah did. Samson never gathered the army of Israel and went out to war like all the other judges. Perhaps that's because Samson's biggest battle was not really with the Philistines. His biggest battle was from within. Samson's biggest battle was Samson. So is yours. Your biggest battle is not people that you don't get along with, somebody who's 
you know, mistreating you or maligning your name or, I mean, those are distractions. And yes, the enemy's at work too. There's no question about it. There are three things that work in concert against us at all times. The world, people out there, and the love of the world and the things of the world. The enemy, number two, and our own flesh. And sometimes we're so focused on the temptations of the world and what the enemy is up to that we lose sight of the fact that sometimes our biggest battle is right here. And that we need to make sure our hearts are right with the Lord at all times because we become the biggest battle ourselves. So those five things I think are important for us to take away from his life. Verse 23. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to rejoice. Now Dagon was a primary god of the Philistines. He was a very weird looking god. They made him with the body of a fish, the head of a man, and the hands of a man. So that was their god, Dagon. It was very weird looking, which is why you'd look at it and go, Dagon. All right, so (laughs) there you go. Body of a fish, head and hands of a man. And they said, our god has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. No, he hasn't. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead. So it happened, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may perform for us. And so they called for Samson from the prison, and he performed for them. And they stationed him between the pillars. Then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women, all the Philistine women and men. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. Isn't this humiliating? This is the epilogue of his life. He's blind. He's weak. He has to have a little boy lead him around. What's happened to him? It's a very sad end of his life. Well, God does one last merciful thing. Verse 28. Then Samson called to the Lord saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. And then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. And so the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. And his brothers and all his father's household came down and took him, that is, took his body, brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtael in the tomb of his father, Manoah. And he had judged Israel 20 years. That's his story. Very complicated man that God used. And even his last request, Lord, use me. But he didn't finish well, folks. You know, It really doesn't matter what kind of a start you got in following the Lord. Some of you got an early start in life. Some of you have gotten a later start. Some of you are still trying to figure out if you want to start with the Lord. But what really matters is how well you finish. Finish well. Run the race with perseverance. 
compromise was a word that defined Samson's life, but it doesn't have to define ours. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Walk in his grace. Be quick to repent. No compromise. Amen. Thank you for joining us today here on Cornerstone Connection. You've been listening to a message from the book of Judges. It's a great reminder to the kid inside us, to the human flesh that is a bent to fulfill its own desires. Whatever we do, someone always sees it. Nothing goes unnoticed, especially those things we wished had been overlooked. Isn't that the role of a parent, though, to discipline the behavior of sin? Jesus is the same way with the Israelite nation and us. He doesn't allow sin to go without consequence. But he's also lovingly fair and desires each one of us to return to him. Maybe you felt like that kid who's gotten off track with God. We can't be perfect, but we can pray that we'll have the strength to do what's right and follow in God's footsteps. Are you struggling with that? Would you like someone to pray with you? If so, please email us at prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. Cornerstone Connection is a ministry located in Leesburg, Virginia, committed to sharing the love of Christ with you through sound biblical teachings that meet you where you're at. To find out more about us, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. That website again is cornerstoneconnection.cc. Thanks for listening to this edition of Cornerstone Connection. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.